0: listening to Something Weird. I'm Brooke, and this is Anna.
1: Hello, everyone. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal, or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who have had an affinity for the strange since we first met. Now, we're here to trek the plains of strange with you.
0: So how this works is each week, one of us will dig into a paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? And it's my turn this week, and I'm going to Keep on my train of history lessons for you, Anna, because that's my favorite.
1: You know I love it.
0: I know you do. So this story in particular, I don't know. You might not consider it, or some might not consider it, quote-unquote, paranormal. Um, But, I mean, we are called something weird, and I just want to tell you about something weird that has fascinated me personally for a long time. So I'm very excited to share this one with you. Um, So to... Jump right in, you know President Lincoln.
1: Yes, I do know of him.
0: Okay, good, glad. Hey plus. We can start with that. You're passing already. Abraham Lincoln, probably oh, one of the. Oh,
1: Abraham most... Lincoln.
0: No. I was like, no, I'm just kidding. God, it's like there's no other Lincoln. Uh,
1: man on the penny gosh
0: (laughs) okay abraham lincoln (laughs) probably um one of the most well-known or beloved um most respected u.s presidents that we've had in history this is of course given to the dedication to the union his emancipation proclamation or of course tragically his untimely assassination you know him. You love him. It's Lincoln. It's all... <laughs> Sounds like a slogan.
1: You sound like a fangirl. You know
0: I am a fangirl. Whatever.
1: Wait, who's the other president that you love? Truman. Okay, yeah. I know. That one's
0: a little more controversial, though. Oh. I know. I, okay.
1: I, I don't, but...
0: <laughs> I'll do another episode on him. Don't worry about it.
1: We don't, we don't need to talk about controversial presidents, because... No.
0: That is our life.
1: Something weird.
0: <sighs> yep. Okay, Lincoln, um, it's also pretty well known, and this is not what I'm going to tell you about, but just to make sure we're all on the same page, um, are you aware that it's believed that his ghost haunts the White House?
1: No. He lived okay. in the White House? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, really dumb, I know.
0: Yes.
1: But I didn't think all the presidents lived in the White House.
0: They didn't. It also got burned down. Because it got, like, what they were building got burned down during the Revolutionary War.
1: Okay, so it's not super ridiculous that I, I might ask that.
0: Um, it's bordering. <laughs> so, <laughs> construction was finished um, in 1792. So, Yeah. Lincoln lived in the White House. (laughs)
1: Cool. I'm learning.
0: (laughs) I'm glad. I'm not even on the topic yet. Okay. Well, let me tell you, Anna, he did live in the White House. And again, it's believed that he haunts um, the rooms of the White House. So there have been a number of presidents and other government officials. Even um, Winston Churchill has claimed to see an apparition of Lincoln, just, like, roaming the halls. Hmm. Whenever Lincoln is seen, it's believed that the country is either in peril or in need of guidance. So, uh, like, he's probably around today.
1: So he's, like, just basically brought out his sleeping bag and slippers and it's just posted up for a while.
0: Yeah, he's just he's just in there just waiting for somebody to see him, God. ask him for help.
1: How horrible. Anything.
0: Oh, Poor Lincoln. So, anywho, Lincoln is thought to haunt the White House. There's all of these, like, theories around it. There are reports upon reports of actually seeing him. Um, but I'm not going to tell you about this, because instead of focusing on Lincoln, even though I love him and he does deserve all of our attention... I'm going to tell you about a different man surrounding the death of Lincoln and whose life was forever changed by his assassination, and not for the better. Okay. I'm telling you about the tragic demise of Henry Reed Rathbone. Some would say that he was driven mad simply by the guilt of not being able to save Abraham Lincoln. Others would say he was cursed by some sort of spirit Given his affiliation with the Lincoln family, regardless of what's true, his story is essentially one of survivor's guilt at its very, very worst. Dang,
1: was so he get ready? Was he protect? Well, okay. okay. I'm. You tell me this story.
0: I'm sure I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, but prepare yourself. Oh
1: my gosh! I've never been so excited for history.
0: This is depressing. So Oof. I warned you, just know it's going to be a little bit different than I want our previous. Some,
1: I want some wine. It's a little bit
0: early for wine, too. I know. Oh, yeah, it's three o'clock here time. I should be drinking wine. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Henry Reed Rathbone. He was born in Albany, New York um, in 1837 to a very wealthy merchant family. His father actually served as mayor of Albany, and he passed away in 1845 so he was pretty young. And after the death of his father, his mother remarried Ira Harris, who Harris was actually later appointed senator for the state of New York. So very prominent family, a lot of connections, very wealthy. He's living a good life. When his now stepfather Ira Harris is appointed to the Senate, uh, the entire entire Rathbone family um, moved over to Washington, D.C. Obviously, that's where the new dad is working so in 1861 the family moves and one of harris's children clara became particularly close with henry rathbone they are now stepbrother and sister but who cares anything goes they fall in love they decide to be together and they will soon be engaged Just before the outbreak of the Civil War. Great timing. Mm. Mm. Just gotta get it
1: while they can.
0: You know, it's not quite incest, but it... Well,
1: you've heard of that. I mean, like, you hear of that actually happening now. Where... Mm -hmm. I mean, I just remember at school hearing about, like, stepbrothers and sisters. Like, in middle school and high school. It's like the Cullen family, but not cool <laughs> not that the colons oh. were cool but
0: <laughs> pretty weird yeah, though they right they were they were adopted children that seems different still wrong though i don't know
1: i yeah i don't know mm. i it's I, ugh, okay gross it, i mean it's I not mean, full on like game of thrones
0: but it was a long time ago and usually you do see a lot of like intermarriage and even incest within like <sighs> prominent families back in the day. Although, 1860 is... that's it doesn't, it. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Them. We They are clearly a special uh, family.
0: They are, and let's just try to forget about it because we like them. We're rooting for them, at least for now. So... Henry and Clara, they're both from very high-ranking and influential families. Um, Henry goes off and studies law and French at Union College. And then Clara spent, um, after they had moved to Washington, D.C., Clara was pretty much like a socialite of her time and found herself becoming very good friends with Mary Todd Lincoln, who was Abraham Lincoln's wife. So she spent a lot of time in the White House just kind of hobnobbing and becoming friends with that family. They have friends in high places. Their engagement happened right before the outbreak of the Civil War, and even though Henry Rathbone was a very prominent individual or high-ranking individual, he did feel that it was his duty to go serve in the army because he is hes a very stand-up guy, as you'll see. Okay. okay. So he served in the Union Army in um, the 12th Infantry, and his time in the military ended up being incredibly difficult, not just because he's fighting in the Civil War, which is enough for that to be horrendous, but he was also consistently battling uh, different illnesses, like three at least three or four times throughout his um, service in the army, which went from 1861 to the end in 1865. He had four very crippling, serious illnesses. The doctor um, referred to it as an intense fever. His bodily health, never robust, suffered from impairment constantly. That is what, how it's described. In 1863 to 1864, he fell ill with a malaria-like disease, and he was advised to not return to his position within the army.
1: So... Is this the result of incest because he sounds like a weakling? No. I don't know.
0: His parents were normal.
1: Yeah, but you never know.
0: He just has a weak immune system. He's So do I. I do too.
1: And I don't do anything, so I'm sick always.
0: Jeez. Um, Okay, so he's got like malaria or something. They tell him not to go back, but he refuses. And he's like, no, this is my duty. I'm going back, yada, yada. In 1864, he gets sick again, the doctors write to him and say, don't go back, but he's like, nah, I'm gonna go back.
1: Okay, now he's just being a martyr, and I don't feel badly for him.
0: Well, he's fine. Finally, in 1865, we know that the Civil War ends, and he has lived through his illnesses and battles, and he's able to return home to Clara. Hmm. I mean, he's kind of a badass. I think.
1: Back to or his dumb. sister. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> you should not have led with that because it's just—it's really tough. Uh, I'm just imagining the, the kid that I went to school with who made out with his sis, uh, stepsister, and it's just gross.
0: Gross. Well,
1: Rothbone. <laughs>
0: Rothbonin.
1: I was wondering who was going to be the first one to... <laughs> the boner. I, it was like a, laid out on the table, just ready for the taking. I had to give it Too to easy. you. Too easy.
0: Too easy. Okay. The war officially ends on April 8th, 1865, when we know General Lee surrenders to General Grant. Civil war's over. Everybody's happy. He's back in Washington and they're just ready to party flip to back at the White House. The Lincolns are looking forward to a great night on April 14th where they would attend a production of Our American Cousin with, they planned to go with, General Grant and his wife. We all know what happens. A couple hours before the beginning of the play on April 14th, Grant calls over to Lincoln And says, "I'm sorry, we can't go. We're gonna go see our kids down in New Jersey or wherever." Um, Just a last minute bail. Also, side note: Grant's wife kind of hated Mary Todd Lincoln because Mary Todd Lincoln was a crazy bitch. So, (laughs) so basically, (laughs) they just
1: ghosted. They pulled what we all want to do when we make plans. Ever?
0: Yes. Cancel uh last minute. Sorry. Ah, the thought of spending four hours in a theater with your wife sounds like hell. So, we yeah.
1: are going to make up something.
0: Anything. Yep. We have children in, um, New Jersey. Yeah, we're gonna go. Okay, have fun. Oh, man.
1: They were ghosting.
0: <laughs> so mean. So now they have two seats and they have to fill those seats. So instead, Mary Todd. Really quick,
1: why Mm -hmm. was Mary Todd just, like, the most babe-licious, beautiful person? Because, you know, everyone talks about how great Abe was and she just sounds from, you know, I mean, just this, I guess, not to be a, a great... Person to be around. Why was with Lincoln with her? Like, was she so amazing? Was
0: Mary. Like,
1: why was she so great?
0: I don't. I couldn't tell you about young Mary and young Lincoln er, <laughs> because I don't. I'm sure it was wonderful at one time. Abe was not that attractive of a man, so <sighs> you know I don't know how things went in the beginning, but. After she had kids, she had like debilitating mental health problems oh. and everyone just thought she was difficult, but really she was losing her mind. Oh, it's very sad. Very sad.
1: Well, yeah. Now I like, now I feel like the Mary Todd people are canceling on us. Yeah. We've, we've got literally anything to do, but be around you cause you're
0: the worst.
1: Jeez. Um,
0: yeah. Mary Todd is a story for another day. Anywho, they have two seats to fill, so Mary decides to invite her good friend Clara and her fiancé Henry, aka her stepbrother. They pick them up from their home in the Lincoln's personal carriage, and the four friends made their way to Ford's Theater. Everyone was super happy, ready to party, war's over, let's go to the theater. Unfortunately, we all know what happens at Ford's Theater. In case you don't, here's a rundown. So once they're in the theater, Lincoln and his guests go up to the presidential box and are joined by about like fifteen hundred, maybe more, other people that are watching the comedy play. Everyone was really happy. The mood was very lively. Um, as soon as Lincoln walked in, the crowd gave him them a standing ovation, and the orchestra played "Hail to the Chief." Like everyone was loving life. All the while a Confederate sympathizer and a Lincoln hater uh, was sulking through the theater ready to act out on his master plan, which was to kill the president. So a little bit of background on the Lincoln hater. That's the infamous John Wilkes Booth. A couple years earlier, he had actually been in a play called The Marble Heart and had performed at Ford's theater, uh, one of the performances which Lincoln actually attended. And he had also, isn't that crazy? He had also appeared in several of Shakespeare's plays, uh, including Romeo and Juliet, uh, Julius Caesar. He was a relatively accomplished thespian, or whatever you call it. At the same time, Booth was a very hardcore anti-abolitionist, and he saw Lincoln as a tyrant. So Booth's plan, or hope, was to cripple the federal government, um, and in order to do that he wanted to kill the president. Okay,
1: so he didn't really think about, I don't know, the rest of the government and individuals that would step in to take Lincoln's place?
0: Yeah, no. He genuinely believed that by killing Lincoln, he would kill, like, I mean, it's like, well JFK, you're yeah. like killing the the idea the, or... like idea and like what he stands for and but that it... the country would be so heartbroken and torn up that like everything that he just worked for would fall apart. Uh, this dude's ridiculous. No, I mean he's off his rocker. like that's not no one who thinks that that's a solution is thinking straight.
1: You know who I'm yeah. picturing? Hmm. Charlie Sheen. Ah, I could see it. Just like this actor who kind of just I, I also
0: just washed up Loser. But very accomplished. Yeah. Still uh made a career for himself and then flushed it down the toilet, so that's good. Okay, let me get back to this, because I have a lot. <clears throat> Ooh. <clears throat> Because Booth had spent so much time at Ford's Theater before, and he had also been to previous showings of um, Our American Cousin, he was familiar with the play. So he knew that there was a particular scene when the audience would pretty much erupt into laughter, and that that laughter would be loud enough to mask the sound of a gunshot. So at that particular moment, um, Booth had snuck into the presidential box when the laughter breaks out, he points the gun at Lincoln, takes aim, and, shoi- er, <laughs> and, shoots the pres- and shoots the president behind the left ear at point-blank rage. Wow. I guess I never... I had never
1: heard the story about Booth, and mm-hmm. he, this was clearly planned out. It wasn't just kind of a, I'm going to go, like rush in all of a sudden um, in a fit of passion. Like, this was premeditated
0: and also interesting just how he like used his knowledge of the theater and like knew the exact time to make it happen and he was successful like right after the gunshot it was confusion like mary i think mary todd was like leaning over and talking to rathbone like saying something to him not even realizing that like her husband just got a hole in his head and it wasn't until he like slumped over that she started screaming. Like everyone was just confused. So gunshot goes off. There's confusion at first, like I was saying. um, And then the first lady screams as the president slumps over in his chair. So this is where we really turn our attention. And this is the real start of Henry Rathbone and his ultimate demise. Henry Rathbone is there. Remember, he served in the army like he's a very committed, passionate, loyal person. So he rushed towards Booth in an attempt to prevent the assassin from escaping the theater. But Booth slashed at Rathbone with a dagger and he plunged it into his arm. But he's like not even caring what's happening, um, doesn't notice at first that he's pretty significantly injured and he still is trying to detain and hold down Booth that doesn't work unfortunately booth is able to kind of like jump down off of the balcony area run across the stage and escape the theater side note don't worry they caught him the little bitch it took him 12 days but federal soldiers tracked him down and found him in virginia so we're good they shot him in a barn and then set the barn on fire (laughs) (laughs) dang see ya Um, so Booth does escape the theater, um, but back to the president, he is showing signs of life, um, but the doctors examine him and it's very clear that he's like mortally wounded. They rush him over to a, um, inn or something across the street to try to save him. It doesn't work. He passes away the following morning and then the famous announcement um, the secretary of war at the time says now he belongs to the ages and the president has passed. He's dead. But let us not forget about the man that was slashed and stabbed in the arm so deeply that it severed an artery. Ooh. And while Lincoln is being rushed across the street to be tended to, Rathbone is essentially bleeding out. So he's feeding in and out of consciousness. Eventually someone notices him and he receives care. Uh, and he's able to recover from his injury. But from the moment that he was injured and not able to stop Booth, that's when everything changes for Rathbone. And like I said at the beginning, some say that it was just guilt as a kind of stupid belief that he could have done more to help the president. Others would say that it was his presence that night in the relationship with the Lincolns that cursed him to a life of misery by powers unknown. Uh, But whatever it is, from that moment, it started a mental deterioration that, for years, would affect Rathbone and his family. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. The country has to deal with the passing of the president, but Henry and Clara just kind of have to get back to their normal life. So in 1867, so a couple years after the fact, um, they move into a different home. In Washington, D.C., they have three children, two sons and a daughter. Their life seems pretty good. I mean, they're still wealthy. They're still prominent, well-respected. They have their little kids. But Henry's mental health is going downhill very, very fast. He's riddled with guilt over the assassination. And every year when the anniversary of Lincoln's death comes around, journalists come and seek him out and ask him questions, um, ask him, like, could there been or could you have done more like what happened up in the president presidential box just like making him relive this over and over mm-hmm. so not before long he starts drinking and gambling very heavily and then things start to spiral out of control henry throughout his life had been sort of prone to depression but things started to get really bad when he became paranoid believing that clara was having an affair or that she was planning to divorce him and take the children away from him. His mental instability got so bad that it stopped him from holding a steady job, which, of course, pushed him further into his depression, delusions, and paranoia. So he was just stuck in this really tragic, unhealthy cycle. Yeah. And then while all of this is happening, um, remember he has a wife and family. So Clara is just trying to deal with this guy who's like, been through hell, and is now seemingly losing his mind. And three kids. And three kids. Yeah, raising three kids. Pretty much by herself, because yikes. I'll bet she Never had
1: mind. nannies.
0: That's true. You're right. Never mind. There was a note that she wrote to a friend at one point, and it said, quote, I understand his distress. In every hotel we're in, as soon as people get wind of our presence, we feel ourselves becoming objects of morbid scru- scrutiny. And then she later said, Henry imagines that the whispering is more malicious than it can possibly be. So she's, like, explaining to her friend that Henry genuinely believes that people are out to get him, um, and he's becoming, like, more paranoid by the minute. If we were to talk to modern-day medical professionals, they would say that he was suffering from either schizophrenia or a really severe severe form of post-traumatic stress disorder which, of course, happened because he was there at Lincoln's assassination.
1: And had been Um, through a war, and, yeah, he's been through a
0: Yeah, he's seen some shit. But we're talking about 1860-something. Mental health treatment doesn't exist, so there's no options for him, and everything is just getting worse, and no one knows how to deal with him. That could also explain why some theories are out there that would say that he was simply cursed by spirits because at the time it might have been a plausible... What's the word I'm looking for?
1: Well, you see, I mean, you you see people with schizophrenia now, sometimes on television or you read about them, and it definitely seems like it could be some sort of spirit possession. It's very... Mm -hmm. It's very...
0: It's eerie it's to watch eerie. or to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And if they're looking for an answer as to what's happening to this guy, you could say he's possessed, he's cursed, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's a lot of where those theories stem from. Um, but we'll come back to that with with some other evidence of maybe something more going on. So we're gonna jump ahead now. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. This guy has been having a really rough go and he and his family are, they're just trying to keep their shit together at this point. So on the outside, Henry and his family look like they're totally put together. Like they dress in the nicest clothes. They still have a lot of money. Um, they would often go visit Europe and go on vacation, but all at the same time, his mental health, um, it's becoming very bad. He's erratic. He's angry. He's nervous, delusional. Um, and now his physical body is being attacked by sickness on a regular basis. In 1882, Rathbone made an appearance in Albany, New York, and he was visiting a man named Hamilton Harris, who he went to law school with previously, before like the army and such, and he was actually Clara's uncle, so keeping it all in the family. Rathbone now, in 1882, is 45 years old, and when he went to see Harris... Um, Harris noticed he was clearly very, very ill. And when Harris asked him what was wrong, um, Rathbone went on to explain in very graphic detail that he was suffering from um, dyspepsia. Is that correct?
1: Wait, really quick. So he's 42, yeah. 17, mm-hmm. 42 minus 17. He was, like, young when all of that initial... he um, was
0: in his 20s.
1: Yeah, i I was imagining an older, not older... But, like, not as young as, as being in, in his 20s.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to take on. And also, I hadn't thought about this before, but that makes me think, if it was schizophrenia, early 20s is when that onsets for men. Mm-hmm. So it could just be that. And he could be, like, that experience might have triggered something mm-hmm. in him. Yeah. Which is just so sad. So, he's suffering from dyspepsia, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a chronic stomach ailment that creates a lot of really gross situations, um, but it's linked to nervous disorder. So, because his mental health is so strained, he's getting a lot of physical symptoms with it, too.
1: I'm going to look this up really quick. Okay. Well, this basically sounds like what I have. No. Oh. Seriously as soon as you started. Like oh what? yeah. I do uh,
0: I feel like it's more severe or is, mm, is stuff no. that bad?
1: It's basically just like it's basically indigestion, but it's upper mm-hmm. abdominal abdominal discomfort, um, so heartburn, bloating, nausea. It's basically kind of what I dealt with a few years ago when I passed out from the like my ulcer and but yeah. it it's interesting that it is grouped with
0: ner- what were you saying? Yeah, it's linked to nervous disorders. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Maybe something to bring up with your doctor. Oh,
1: we've been through all of that, so <laughs>
0: I okay. got you. Good I now got though. you, Rathbone. <sighs> yeah, he's a uh, he's going through it. So he's a mess. He's in his 40s. He can't hold down a job. But finally, in 1882, late 1882, he gets a job. And he's appointed as the U.S. consul to Hanover, Germany. So that means that in 1883, he and his family um, pick up everything and move to Hanover.
1: I feel like for a man who has not been able to get and like keep a job for very long, getting that job is pretty, pretty impressive
0: (laughs) and worrisome. And you're not wrong to worry. When he and the family moves, they're in Europe now. So they're kind of excited that they'll be in Europe and they'll have access to European medicine and doctors who they would hope would be able to help with his mental and physical state because they're just further along and all of that stuff. And well, we know. That didn't happen, however. He went and saw other medical professionals. No one was able to help him, and his condition just got worse. Even with the move, Clara thought this was going to be like a fresh start for everybody. It didn't happen. He was becoming so obsessively paranoid about Clara that he eventually forbid her from being alone, ever, and didn't allow her to sit by windows because he didn't want her looking outside and thinking about a life outside of their home
1: oh, this is like, this is a horror story in, for, in its own right.
0: Just wait. So his delusions are getting worse as well. He was having vivid hallucinations. Some reports claim that Rathbone had been suffering from delusions of people hiding behind the paintings in the walls of their house, believing that they posed a serious threat to him and his family.
1: So like, I'm going to interject really quickly. This all sounds like... So much of the premise of um, the yellow wallpaper.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that. It's, oh, wait. No, it's a book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> was like, it's a short uh, story,
0: isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's really, I yeah. mean, it's amazing, but it tackles mental illness, you know, gaslighting, uh, insane husband, and. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I it's forgot super about that. I've definitely
0: read that in high school. Yeah, you're right. At first I was thinking, and this is also a book, but I, it was also turned into a Lifetime movie. I, my first thought was Flowers in the Attic. Oh. That really gross.
1: The whole incest thing, but.
0: Yeah. Um, so he, he's completely losing his shit at this point. Like how scary would that be for Clara? You're a prisoner in your own house and now your husband is telling you that like people are hiding in the walls of your house and are going to kill you. Yeah. So, seven months into their new living situation in Hanover, this is when things reach their breaking point. It's December 23rd, 1883, and Henry's illness, madness, whatever you want to call it, comes to a head at this point. There's a number of accounts as to exactly what happened in this, like, short amount of time, but here's the basics of what you need to know. So early that morning, again, it's December 23rd, it's two days before Christmas, um, Henry had either tried to enter into his children's bedroom or actually went in and attacked the children with a knife and a gun in hand. Clara noticed and saw, and in order to protect her kids, she tried to distract Henry and got him to follow her into their bedroom. So that would be enough time, or at least enough of a distraction, that the kids could get out of the house. So... A few moments... Okay, sorry. I'll just let you finish before I ask questions. Okay. So he gets, or she gets him to follow her into the bedroom. What exactly transpires is not clear, but in just a few moments, Henry shot Clara several times and stabbed her until she died. And then, in an effort to kill himself, he took the same knife... And stabbed his chest five times. Oh, yeah! Henry survived his suicide attempt. Oh, but of course, Clara succumbed to her injuries and died.
1: Wow, this is like original Amityville,
0: right? This is like all of those horror movies. Yeah, but it real life, and this guy is just going crazy, and nothing. Uh, I mean, it's horrible, and and you look at him as this like horrible figure but he didn't have any help yeah like yeah it's terrible um so of course the news breaks and it gets back to the u.s um and it immediately becomes front page news and the headlines on many of the newspapers read something like colonel rothbone's mania and many of his former friends lawyers colleagues anyone that had a connection to him they were tracked down and questioned regarding the murder and suicide attempt. Doctors that were interviewed, they spoke very plainly about what they believed to be going on and experiences that they had had with Rathbone, saying, quote, he never was thoroughly himself after that night, alluding to the Lincoln assassination. I have no hesitation in affirming that the dreaded dreaded tragedy, oh my God, dreaded tragedy, which preyed upon his nervous and impressionable temperament for many years, laid the seeds of the homicidal mania. So So, everyone was on board that he saw this thing happen and it drove him mad.
1: So why it was just mental health just wasn't a thing, or mental health help was not a thing at that time? Because it clearly everyone saw him unraveling and they didn't do anything.
0: I mean, I can't speak to, like, how much knowledge or understanding... I mean, there were...
1: Maybe he just didn't want to go there, though, because you also know what mental health institutions honestly still are like in a lot of places. But, yeah, like, I can see why he
0: would
1: not want to go there.
0: I, I wouldn't want to. And Mary Todd, she... Her son put her in an institution or in a sane asylum. Just absolutely tortured. Like... There were institutions, but I don't think that they had the understanding or the coping mechanism or any of the like medicine to help them. No. They just kept them, you know? It was. Yeah,
1: it was prison.
0: Oh, I can't even imagine. <sighs> so Clara Harris was buried in the city cemetery in Hanover a few days later on December 28th. Um, and the Rathbone children were given over to her sister, Clara's sister Louise. Um, And then they moved back to the United States and they live with the uncle, William Harris, um, or they lived there. Rathbone, um, like I said, he survived his suicide attempt. But as soon as he was taken to the hospital to be treated, it was very, very clear that he was very ill um, and not mentally stable. One of the fellow consuls that he was working with Um, He went and visited Rathbone in the hospital and he reported back, quote, He is suffering from the worst form of melancholia and imagines that everyone is conspiring against him. He realizes fully what he has done and says that it is the result of a conspiracy. Once he was well enough to appear in court, Rathbone was charged with murder, but then he turned and blamed the killing on an intruder and after that, they declared him insane, and he was committed to an insane asylum. Wow, he spent the rest of his days in the asylum and he died November nineteen eleven and he was buried next to his wife in Hanover. Jeez.
1: So he just never like nothing ever got better for this guy.
0: No, it's so sad, and that's such a long time. He lived almost his entire life like that, and there are like. I didn't put it in here, um, but there are descriptions of people that would go and visit him at the asylum, and it was, like, he kind of had this air about him, like, he had everything together, and he was really, like, important, and he understood everything, um, and he had just, like, shit all over his cell or room or whatever, um, but the people working at the asylum were, like, no, he has absolutely no idea what's going on, and he's just, like, created this reality that he's living in, which... Is Wait, all too common?
1: Shit, like actual shit?
0: No, like okay. stuff. Because yeah. I was like, that also seems pretty, you know, believable. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. So here is where we bring in something that could be a little paranormal. And there have been actually books written on this small piece of the story. So after the assassination, that summer, Clara and her family went to a little summer house just outside of Albany, just to, like, escape, kind of recharge, reset, try to start their lives over. She took with her the white satin dress that she was wearing the night that Lincoln was assassinated, and that dress was covered with his blood. She actually had a prominent photographer at the time take a portrait of her in that dress as a way to, like, accept and reconcile and move on from the event and you can see the picture it's really creepy
1: so so weird but you know how they used to have those um like the like post-mortem photo shoots Mm -hmm. was that something similar just kind of or or not really she was just like oh i need to need to be done with this
0: I mean, it could have been, because that was a normal practice at the time, so it could have been, like, the same logic that she was following, but to me, it's just creepy either way. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't don't know. She needed some closure, and I guess that's the way she was going to go about it.
0: Take a picture. So, she still has this dress, and she refused to clean it, and she didn't want to get rid of it, burn it, throw it away. Like, she had to keep it. So, she put it in a closet in this Albany house, um, and it was... Hanging there one year to the day from the assassination when she woke up in the middle of the night and she told her family that she had woken up to the sound of a very low kind of light laughter. And she was convinced that it was Lincoln enjoying the play that he had been watching when Booth shot him in the theater. People told her it was just a dream, like you're overthinking it. You've been through a lot. It was just a dream. But a year later... Um, A guest sleeping in the room came to breakfast with the same exact story. So after that, she was too freaked out and she had the closet closed off and bricked up. Um, So it kind of created this like tomb and a resting place for the garment.
1: Why wouldn't she just get rid of the dress?
0: I don't know. She just refuses to. Now, after she dies, so after Rathbone kills her, back in Albany... The dress is still there and the house is still there. It's just been bricked up in this closet. So right after her death, people that were staying in the house in Albany, they said that they heard what they describe as a loud shot. And this happened on the anniversary of the assassination. They saw Lincoln appear and they also saw a young woman sobbing in a blood-soaked dress. How creepy is that? That's
1: okay. My rational mind goes to, were Clara and Abe having a little tryst on the side? Whoa, okay.
0: That's a jump. Maybe. For- unless they were, like,
1: super, super close friends, it just seems weird that she would have such an attachment to him. Like, why- why would she-
0: Well, you know, that's really- There was one line that I didn't include because I found it kind of last minute. What Mary Todd said to Henry right before the shot went off was like, I think she was like flirting with him. So maybe there was something like going on.
1: Because maybe, you know, Rathbone's suspicions were not unfounded. Maybe that seed was planted, you know, he potentially knew something was happening between his friend and his wife, mm-hmm. and, I don't know, it it just, there are a lot of things that seem a little bit um, strange in not a paranormal way, but just a little bit weird. It'd be, like, if you, I can't really draw a comparison, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's something, something doesn't sit right about um, her obsession and it could have just been uh you know such a traumatic experience that she got a little bit weird about it that's totally possible
0: there I mean there could have been I want to say she leaned over and said Mary Todd said to Henry something like what would she something like what would she do if she saw me hanging on you or something like not exactly that but something along those lines where it was like inappropriate to say and maybe Mary knew something Or everyone knew something, and there was anger because of... I don't know. That's really interesting. I had not thought about that.
1: I mean, these are the socialites of the time, and they're still humans, so...
0: Yeah. So, the dress could be something. It could have some sort of haunting to it. A year before... His father's death um, in 1911. So jumping back, so around 1910, Rathbone's eldest son Henry Riggs. He decided that it was time to tear down that brick wall um, from in, into the closet, and he got the dress still covered in blood, removed it from the closet, and burned it. So that could point to that that family thought that dress was evil. Yeah. And had- destroyed their entire family maybe it did i
1: don't know all right that's that's weird it is probably weird. what sh- which they should have done in the first place rather than you know set up a photo shoot hold
0: on to that yikes in the end in 1952 um no one was coming to visit uh henry or clara at their burial site in Germany. So German cemetery officials had the bodies of Henry and Clary exhumed and possibly cremated, no one knows, uh, because they needed to make those plots available in the cemetery. So what happened uh, to their wait. remains?
1: Wait, is that how that works? If you don't have visitors, they just give you the boot?
0: Yeah, good luck. Wow. Hope you have friends. Yeah, And that's it. That's the story of Henry Rathbone. That sucks. It's a downer. I can't even like, I mean, this isn't even an episode or a story that I can ask, do you or do we want to believe or any of that? I mean, it's just a really tragic story that I don't think gets told enough. The aftermath of that, of those four people is so insane to me. I just really wanted to tell this story.
1: Well, yeah, especially as you kind of consider, um, you know, just the trauma of what happened. You you also kind of wonder what anyone else who was in their friend group or vicinity or what they took away from that experience and what they saw um, and how it affected them. Because no matter what, you're in the midst of a shooting. And unfortunately, more and more people are now. And so you wonder, okay, how is that going to play out in the next 40 years? How will those um, effects show?
0: Well, and that's the thing that, and I don't mean to say that I like this story in like a, I don't know, inappropriate way. But like, that is why I like this story and stories like this, because it humanizes these historical moments. It's like everyone knows, you know, Ford's theater, Abraham Lincoln's assassination. Like everyone knows that story, but you don't think about What did that do to people? Like, what was the human impact of it? And there are so many other events in history, unfortunately, that are like that. I just like, it kind of brings to light, these people are human. Yeah. And they they went through a lot. But, yeah, that's my history lesson for you.
1: That was something weird. So, bye,
0: everyone. Bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was was really, I, I had never heard of Rothbone or any of his um story or involvement and I, even more interestingly i not more interestingly per se but um just thinking about lincoln as anyone but the president too as just a person that people cared for as a friend um, right. cl- clearly enough to kind of lose your mind over um uh-huh. That's that's kind of an interesting. Um, you, you just wonder who will be in the stories, you know, in hundreds of years from now, um, yeah. that people are looking back and saying that was weird.
0: Yeah, I just think it's a a good perspective to take on things.
1: Yeah, well, it's know. it's like watching, you know, so many more, um, you know, historical fictions and dramas and remakes Mm -hmm. are coming out and it's so or whether or not that's your thing it's helpful because it kind of makes you realize wow these people felt exactly
0: how we do today yeah well it just I think it helps you better understand what actually happened which like people don't take the time to do I don't know now I'm just on my I know. (laughs) History teacher soapbox, but you know how passionately I feel about this, so I'll I'll spare you, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay, so we would love to know what you all think as well. If you think um, maybe the dress has more to do with it and there is something paranormal going on, or perhaps this was just a tragic tale of mental health going ignored, let us know. Um, You can decide for yourself. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Something Weird Podcast.
1: And you can also find us on our Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash Something Weird Podcast. Something Weird Podcast. I'm not sure. I'll have to edit that. Um, Where you can become a member of our little community. I say little because it's little. And see notes from our episodes, um, pictures, and just uh, pretty much have a 24-7 paranormal chat with us, which is exactly what we know you want. So if you enjoyed any of this podcast or all of it, um, please let us know with a big five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and um, it makes a really big difference because the truth needs to be out there.
0: Indeed it does. Thank you all for listening.
1: Stay weirdy. <laughs>